This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Yeah, uh, you know what it is. Sup, Bat fans? You're watching Gotham Cribs. And today I'm taking you on a sick tour of Wayne Manor. Let's go. The most tasteful and insanely extravagant mansion in all of Gotham City. And for those of you wondering, yes, the rumors are true. I am Bruce Wayne's roommate. And speaking of old Bruno, I think I see my roomie right over there. Yo, B-Money, what's up, my billionaire playboy? Hey, Batman. Thanks for being such a great host and iconic superhero. I'm privileged to know you. Now let's, uh, let's start the tour. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Tim, former GameStop employee. This is episode 196. I am that former GameStop employee, Tim. And joining me on this episode, as always, is Dane. Dane, how's it going? You know, I, I've, I've been wondering uh, recently. Um, so you, you know how in GameStop, they, they, constantly, they, they try to upsell you? Like, oh, you, you bought the new, I don't know doom game or whatever mm. um do you, do you want the strategy guide um do you, do you want the you get 20 like, percent off the strategy guide when you buy yeah. it with the game yeah do you, do you want the game former uh subscription do you want to be a club member so so what if you have all that already like like you say i'm a member i have a game informer uh subscription uh i want the doom doom eternal <laughs> and i want the strategy guide so so what's the upsell after that after that we were always told oh what new game you want to pre-order today what's coming out in the near future that you want to pre-order right now now that you're picking up doom okay so that's the thing they always taught us to do after oh, okay so the release of a new game yep so so what if i said oh and also i want to pre-order final fantasy 7 remake oh perfect and then that's good that's it <laughs> yeah okay okay that's maximizing the your whole script then pretty much yeah. yeah i mean you could throw in another controller well before it used to be memory cards but <laughs> you don't really need those now used games like oh did did you see any used games that you not really not when you were they were buying new games oh, if you I had see. a used copy of it you would try to promote that instead you would uh, say, oh I, I have a used copy of this do you want to get that instead it's five dollars cheaper plus if you have a membership you'd save an additional ten percent I'm not sure if it's still 10% right now, but <laughs> that's how it was when I was working there. Oh, uh, I see. So so how would you have a new copy of, I mean, a used copy of Doom Eternal, let's say, which came we, out this past Friday? We would get that sometimes where a new game would come out and the day later, sometimes even the day of, someone would either beat it and trade it in, try to get the maximum value over it, or they didn't like it and they couldn't return it for a full refund, so they just traded it in for something else. Oh, so I then see. you get a used copy of it. It happened more often than you would think. I see. Tricky, tricky. You 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 really have to pay attention to what to to what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like like oh no, I want that new copy. 
you know, I don't want the used copy. I don't want the strategy guide. And I don't want the Game Informer's uh, subscription. Yeah, I always try to, you know, say it, but at the same time, don't try to be annoying <laughs> to the yeah. customers where you're just trying to add on certain things. Say, say your uh, spill or spill and <laughs> yeah. they say no, move on and <laughs> just complete the transaction. Yeah, but you go anywhere in, in retail and that's what they try to do, right? Yeah. I mean, they even tried to do that at banks, right? With the savings accounts or loans or whatever. That's so. true, yeah. <laughs> it's just a part of the game, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so things are a little crazy out there right now <laughs> with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and people being quarantined. But I'm curious how things are with that in Hawaii, Dane, because I know, as you probably heard, California is almost a complete lockdown. Right. Discouraging everyone to stay home. But how are well, things in Hawaii well, you with see, that? You see, I'm curious now. So I'm not sure what this whole lockdown thing is. So you, you can't go to work then. My hours have been reduced as of. Friday, but that was before they kind of said everyone should be on a lockdown and everyone should stay home besides the essential businesses. Right. So I'm not sure what's going to happen next week. Maybe I won't go in at all. I'm not sure. But for right now, I'm still scheduled to go in for four days out of the week, working six hour days. Yeah. Yeah. So me too. Uh, my schedule was reduced. Um, no lockdown yet. Uh, I think there's like, 30 or 40 cases of coronavirus here. Um, I know the governor is saying, you know, if you're visiting, if you have plans to vacation, don't come. So and I think, smart, yeah. yeah, I think they're, they're, they're trying to do a thing. If you even visit a neighbor island or you're coming from the mainland, it's going to be a 14-day uh, quarantine. Mm. So that's it for now i mean and i'm hoping it doesn't get anywhere uh, any worse i hope it just stays as it is but you know you look at california you look at new york and it's just getting worse and yeah. worse and worse and you look at italy the the, the whole country is That's, locked down yeah it's just crazy and just awful <laughs> yeah and it's getting worse and worse and worse so uh, i don't know what to think you know it's it's seems like it's just getting steadily worse and it's it's gonna be a lockdown and, I know, that's yeah. what it seems like it's kind of scary to think about where eventually the whole country would be a lot on lockdown right. so so people just gotta you know heed and take the advice that everyone's saying to do to stay home now and don't yeah. try to like they said go out only for the essentials food and all that type of stuff but Right. Well, there, there is an advantage that I have that you don't, and and that's being in one of the most isolated places on earth. <laughs> so that is that's, true. That's pretty. That maybe that'll work in my advantage, but not the way it doesn't seem like it right now. Yeah. So interesting times to say the least. But hopefully, yeah. everyone stays healthy and safe. But. In our feature topic for this episode, it's going to deal with, obviously, a lot of people are being home more often now in quarantine. So we're going to be talking about some things to do while you're quarantined, what we've been watching, reading, listening to, and maybe recommend some stuff and vice versa. But before we get into that, we got to start the show, as always, with our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. And on this episode, we are going from the 144th minute to the 145th minute 
or the two hour and 24 minute mark to the two hour and 25 minute mark. So as always, grab your DVD, your VHS, your laser disc, your beta tape, your Blu-ray, your projector, your blockbuster membership video card, your Netflix physical media subscription. And as always, if I'm not forgetting anything, your VHS to DVD converter. I mean, you're going to need that more than ever now. Yeah. Because you're watching more movies and stuff while we're home. <laughs> you need that great quality of the VHS to DVD version. You know, I forgot to uh, say a joke, Tim, that I've been preparing and uh, thinking about ever since, uh, you know, this whole coronavirus thing got mm. serious. Okay. So, are you ready? I'm ready for it. Okay. So, coronavirus is going around, right? And, you know, people are saying all over social media, everywhere on the news, uh, your coworkers, your bosses, your family members, right? Your friends. Mm -hmm. They're telling you to wash your hands. So, I've been washing my hands and my hands are really dry. They look like (laughs) the emperor's hands (laughs) in the Rise of Skywalker before he does the... Before he does the force thing. <laughs> oh, welcome to my world, Dave. That's me yeah. even before this whole thing started. <laughs> <laughs> I would always wash my hands like crazy, use hand sanitizer. And now I always felt like people would think I'm a little too overblown of doing that, neurotic about it. But now I feel like I was ahead of the curb <laughs> doing yeah. it before this whole crisis started. I think you were, Tim. I think you're uh, the originator of... The the Emperor Palpatine hands. Yeah. <laughs> the original crusty Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> your tips of your fingers are falling off and you're blind for some yeah. reason. I haven't gotten that far yet, but I don't know, eventually I might have to start watching him to that. Get why to that why uh why was he blind? I think it was just part of that body being unstable. Oh. And I'm just Going through the novel right now, I'm only a few chapters in, but I, you probably heard where that was a clone body. Oh, that was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I see. I saw some. That was like a clone of the Emperor or something. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, 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 what is it about that then? So, I just think, think they probably can't maybe get it perfected just right to where it would be a full version, like complete version of it. Yeah. I, I mean. Again, I missed a few chapters. I'm not sure how much they'll dive into that. I've kind of stayed away from details on the novel until I read it. So <laughs> maybe they'll go further into that. But so, so I guess it's not a perfected clone body of the Emperor just yet. So that wasn't the Emperor then? His spirit and life force was Palpatine's. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, I think the right. line where the dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities. Some consider to be unnatural plays into that. So not his body, but his life force is in there. See, that's what, I mean, I don't mean to sound like all of these Star Wars fans that just bash the new trilogy, but that's what's getting a little on my nerves, is they're constantly adding things to the movie, and is it really necessary? Can we, can we just have that movie, or no? Do, to me, do we have to have that, oh, it was a clone, oh, uh, Ben Solo is in Ray now, you know? I don't know about that part with Ben and Ray, but <laughs> I mean, you can look at you can. I thought I read something. You can think that. of that if you want. I mean, that, that's one of those things where I'm not sure if the novel fully explicitly says that, but it's one of those things where you can interpret it that way. But yeah, I, I'm with you on the whole thing with Palpatine being a clone as information they don't really need it. But I know a lot of people 
did want more information about that. I was perfectly yeah. fine with that line that I just said about the dark side of the force being a pathway to many abilities um, that are unnatural. That's all he needed to say for me to be fine with how we survive because we've seen it with Darth Maul. So we don't need full yeah. explanations with that. But if they're going to give it to us, I'll take it. And I know a lot of people were kind of happy that we got this information. So I, don't know, I guess it depends on your point of view as far as how much you want to explain to you when it comes to this stuff. Well, I, I mean, I guess if, um, you know, uh, Star Wars fans needed that explanation of what the that Emperor was or how he was made or whatever, then, you know, that's, I guess that's okay. Yeah, it's all depends on your ter- interpretation, I guess, but it's out there yeah. now <laughs> if you want it or you could choose to ignore it. You see, I'm going to say, now this is just my theory, Tim. Don't worry, it doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) I think that was a hologram of the Emperor. (laughs) Wow. Talk about a letdown. (laughs) Yeah. So so the Emperor just did a a Sauron. Sauron. Right? Where he's just the eye thing, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't recall Sauron ever being a hologram, but... (laughs) No, 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 I meant, like, he was just that eye thing. Like, Sauron's body died Uh when, in in the beginning montage with Kate Blanchett narrating. So he died there, but then his spirit or whatever is in the eye. Eye and in the ring. (laughs) And in the ring, right. So I guess that... Palpatine yeah. re- recorded all that stuff that we saw in the Rise of Skywalker beforehand, and the hologram is just playing old footage of him, I guess. Yeah, be- be- because if you think about it, what do you really know about the dark side of the Force, Tim? Not much, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is to say that he could have foreseen all of this and sort of made messages in a hologram? To kind of, to kind of insert himself into the future. Do you see what I'm trying to say? He actually did something similar like that in some of the comics, and in, even in the Battlefront Two campaign, the Operation Cinder, where he record these video message of what happened in the time of his death, and they would play in these droids, like they'd have these empty faces, and then they'd a projection would come out of Palpatine's video message, telling the different Imperial officers what to do and kind of these contingency plans for what would happen in case he died. So there was, he did something a little similar like that, but not the eventual long game that he had for what he did in the rise of Skywalker. But see, I think I cracked it, Tim, <laughs> a portion of it. I would say you did. <laughs> Nobody else predicted this except, except for me, Tim and the comics and video game that came before it. <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, we'll have to do a Rise of Skywalker minute by minute commentary <laughs> after whatever we decide on for our next one. Yeah, I think we do. Yes. But until then, we still got a few more minutes for The Dark Knight Rises. So, are you ready, Dane? Yes, I am. All right. Three, two, one, play. So, we're picking it up from last episode's cliffhanger that John Blake will make it across the bridge. And no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sadly, this is a little more timely than we were probably expecting it to be as we were doing, got to this portion of the movie in our commentaries with 
Gotham being quarantined and the bridge is being blown up. How uh, appropriate. Yeah. But this is always a, a cool action scene that we got for the climactic ending of the movie with the bat. Though yeah. I've, I've never seen it in IMAX, but I've heard that that section looked incredible with it. But it looks amazing just even on the Blu-rays and the 4Ks where it's filling your screen up. It just looks yeah. really cool. You know, I hope they really tied down that that bomb, you know, <laughs> in that truck. You don't want it flying off anywhere and it yeah. just goes off. You shouldn't be driving like that. How did, how, how did that tumbler miss? You know, how's that, <laughs> how's that tumbler missing? <laughs> the driver just close? might not be... <laughs> Might not be that used to it or that experience with it, but that's yeah. funny. <laughs> Batman's not going to go out that way. He's going to sacrifice yeah. himself. That's how, that's how it has to end. <laughs> All right, so that's our minute-by-minute commentary for this episode, and that can bring us into our feature topic, which I alluded to earlier is going to be things to binge while quarantined or stuck at home during this time period. So going to go ahead and list some movies, TV shows, comics, novels podcasts music whatever we're doing or listening to or doing to pass the time uh maybe recommend some stuff for you guys to do and maybe date will check some of the stuff i mentioned or maybe some i'll check out the stuff dane's mentioning so <laughs> um but i guess i'll break it down in different categories starting with um movies to watch and i know i could easily just say oh, watch the entire star wars saga watch the dark knight trilogy watch the mcu films you can binge that but I'm going to do something a little different because I actually just started doing something about, about a few months ago. And I'm kind of early on into oh, it. Wait, Tim, can I, can I um, make a joke right here? <laughs> you never have to ask if you want to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you said you just started doing something that you you've never done before. Mm. Right. So yeah. I'm going to say what showering. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to do it. <laughs> you could smell me through the podcast through Skype, huh? Dan? Yeah. It's not bad. So <laughs> yeah. My smell of vision is working fine. <laughs> uh, darn it, Dan, you you revealed my greatest secret of shame. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. You, you you wash your hands like crazy, but your body Yeah. <laughs> never That's all different. I mean I don't want to fully look like Palpatine, so it's just the hands. Yeah. all right but besides that (laughs) something on the movie front that i've done now a lot of this stuff we've already mentioned these are you know going to be on streaming services like disney plus hulu netflix the dc universe app so when disney plus came out and a a bunch of their classic movies are going to be on there something i always wanted to do but now i've started was watch every disney animated film from the beginning up until what the last one is, the current ones. So starting with the very first one, Snow White, and making my way up through all the animated classics. And it's been really cool because I'm kind of still early into it, right? The last movie I watched was Alice in Wonderland, which is, I don't know the exact <laughs> sequence number, but it's like, I would say, around five or six, something like that. And it's just been cool to revisit those classic movies. I mean, they are classics. The animation is still amazes me. Movies like Pinocchio, how it was all just hand drawn. It looked so beautiful for the time that they were doing it. Just all the work the artists and animators had to do to make that movie look as beautiful as it did. And it still holds up to this day. And you could say that for a lot of them. So it's just kind of cool to go through from the very beginning and seeing the progression of the animation and the different movies and the styles that are on there. So 
if anyone's never done that yet, this is the perfect time to do it with Disney Plus having all those classic movies available now and just kind of going through the history of Disney and their animated movies and just reliving a great moment as a kid watching them for the first time and just appreciating them now as an adult, just the artistry and the craftsmanship that went into making these movies. So that's something I would recommend doing is starting from the very beginning with Snow White and just making your way through all the animated classics. So that's one movie aspect of something you can maybe start binging or watching that maybe you haven't thought of before, along with rewatching Star Wars and all the superhero movies again <laughs> for the millionth time. But that's something I've been doing. It's been a lot of fun. So I would recommend doing that. Yeah, I just can't do uh, Fantasia. Is I, it just... I, I just it's uh i remember it uh, scaring me as a kid oh uh, the, the final one with the the mon- I, I forget the monster's name i can't even remember what scared me about it um but i just can't do it i can't <laughs> i have never gone back to it i mean i know it's just a kid's cartoon or whatever but i just can't do it <laughs> It's Mickey and the walking brooms and buckets, right? <laughs> that would freak you out. Yeah, I mean, I just, I want to say that, but yeah, I just don't know. But um, yeah, yeah well, I just, I, it is different, obviously, just being music based <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. with the different animated sequences. But yeah, I never really got freaked out by it, but I can understand how maybe you could, especially with the ending. <laughs> with the, with the, with the, I want to say it's a cherub. Bog, but now it's gonna bug me that I don't remember that creature's name. But I gotta look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but uh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll get that answer for you though. Yeah, what is it? But what is it, Tim? It is the, the Chernabog. Chernabog. I knew oh, it was I some see. sounding kind of strange, but <laughs> I had it at the tip of my tongue, but just not quite there. <laughs> I, it's a great design, though. I love the design of it. This, as this, I mean, his wings is almost like a bat creature, really. <laughs> it's something you can see where someone gets, uh, or get the scarecrow gas dosed on him, and they see Batman, and he looks like this creature. <laughs> I could totally <laughs> see that being a look for someone being scared of Batman and picturing him looking like that. Yeah, I just can't do Fantasia. Even Snow White, I can't. I mean, I remember it freaking me out for some reason. That I could see with the queen turning into the right. <laughs> bridge. Yeah. I mean, just the transformation <laughs> sequence, watching it again. It's like, again, like, it's uh, something that the animators did such a great job in just right. how creepy that transformation was and the way she walks and moves. It's just really, really well done to make you feel that way. Or even like um, uh, Sid's room in uh, Toy Story. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I. I, I remember fast forwarding through those parts when, you know, I had the VHS tape. I guess I was a really timid little kid. <laughs> At least when it comes to animated films, huh? I guess so. <laughs> what is your favorite animated Disney movie if you have one? Mm. Are we including Pixar? Um, I would say no. Okay. Because when I'm doing this rewatch, I'm not including the Pixar films. That'll be a separate rewatch yes. that I'll probably do. Uh, probably or not even like, rewatch because there's yeah. a lot of Pixar movies I haven't seen yet. So, <laughs> Right. Probably The Lion King is my favorite. Excellent choice. Yeah. I, I go back and forth between 
the Lion King or Aladdin because those are the ones that growing up I all just watched and listened to the music constantly. Right. Yeah, Aladdin was another big one too. Um, but as for the classic ones, I'd probably say uh, Pinocchio. Oh man, I, I was going to say the watching, same thing. Yep. Yeah, I was watching <laughs> Pinocchio a lot. Yeah. That to me, like I said before, that's just so beautiful to watch the, the way that I mean, you could just talk about the underwater sequence with Monstro, but then just even yeah. the town and the village and just the Pleasure Island sequence, everything about it looks so great. Attention to detail was, you know, really, they paid no expense <laughs> that Walt Disney did for that one. It's just really, really amazing. And it sucks that it really didn't do good in the box office. <laughs> really? I think he actually lost money with it. Oh, wow. I mean, it's considered a classic now, obviously, but when yeah. it came out, it did, I don't think it really came close to what Snow White did. What about um, Dumbo? Did Did you watch uh, Dumbo a lot when you were a kid? I did. I really yeah. liked Dumbo, and just watching it again to me, it's an underrated Disney film. Yeah. It's really short. It's not. I think it barely cracks an hour, but I love it. And it's one of the few movies, probably the most movie where. I just flat out cried my eyes out as a little kid. <laughs> right. The moment right. where he's saying hi to his mother who's locked up in the cage and they're saying yeah. the song Baby Mine. Uh, that wrecked me as a kid. And even now when I watch it, I get a lump in my throat. <laughs> what about, uh, did you cry during uh, Bambi? Surprisingly not, no. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I know a lot of people have like, you know, this thing, I mean, when, when Bambi's mom gets shot, but mm. I don't remember it affecting me as a kid. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm gonna take your advice, Tim. <laughs> I think I'm gonna rewatch all of the all of the uh, Disney movies. Yeah, definitely do it. You'll yeah. Not necessarily gain. I, maybe you will gain a new appreciation for it. But just reliving those classic movies is just great. It kind mm. of takes you back to when you were young and enjoying those movies. That you, but yeah, you're still enjoying them as an adult too. Just a testament to how great they were. So yeah, yeah. Right now, the next one I got to watch is Peter Pan, which I'm looking forward to. I always like that one, but yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. You see, I I don't even remember watching Peter Pan, seeing Peter Pan, but I do remember watching uh, Hook a lot. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I love Hook. I, that's kind of looked upon by some people, not everyone. Just right. one of Spielberg's uh, weakest film. Yeah, yeah, even he himself hates it. Which is like, no, nah, really? don't say that Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I think. I, I mean, I haven't gone got, gone back to it, but um, I remember loving that film as a as a kid. Yeah, me too. It's a great story to have to do with Peter Pan. Have him be grown up and go back and kind of forget who he was. It's such a great concept. Right. Yeah. Right. I would say one of John Williams' most underrated film scores. I love the soundtrack for that movie. Yeah. It's really, really good. Did he do that one after uh, Jurassic Park or before Jurassic Park? Before. Before Jurassic Park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, I see. Oh, yeah, right, because Jurassic Park and then Schind Schindler's List. and then, Yeah, I can't do those uh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, wow. What a, what a contrast. I know, really. <laughs> And then, and then after Schindler's List, he did Lost World. Um, I think so. Did he have something in between? Because that was a pretty long gap between Jurassic Park and The Lost World. It was like four years. I think he might have done something else in between there. Mm. 
Because I thought he was burnt out because of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. That's true. Uh, yeah. There's that really good Spielberg documentary on HBO. Yeah. Which came out a few years ago, which kind of chronicalized all his projects, which was really cool. But I can't remember <laughs> what came between those. But now it's another thing I want to look up. Yeah. But I guess while I do that, what are, do you have any movie picks to recommend, Dane? Um. Well, I, I haven't really been locked down, so <laughs> I think that's the problem. But I did I did see uh nineteen seventeen. Mm, okay. That was, it's it's really good. I mean, you, you can kinda tell where they cut. Like I mean it, it is long takes, but you can tell when they cut. So um, it's not fully a one take movie then. No, no, and, and there is an actual cut, like the screen goes black. Um right in the middle of the movie. Um and the, the, there's somebody at the end that I didn't expect or didn't even know it wasn't even in the movie, um, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, it's a war movie. It's it um, it it kind of makes me thankful for editors because the, there's some scenes where they're just walking, like they're they're just walking to the tree or something, mm-hmm. right? And usually they would cut out a big chunk of that walk, right? But yeah. they're they're trying to do the one take thing, and you know, it um, they they have to walk to that tree, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, th- th- that gets a little annoying. But overall, it's a really good movie. Yeah, that's one I wanted to try to see it theaters, but never got a chance to. So I'll probably definitely see that pretty soon now that it's available. To yeah. buy or rent or whatever, but yeah, I'm glad to hear. I've heard great things about it. I'm glad to hear you felt the same way that it's really good too. Yeah, well, that'll be what I put on my list. <laughs> so I'm looking for something to watch. And going back to Spielberg, you were right, Dane. It was just Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, and then The Lost World in '97. Wow, <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot of movies. It's a, definitely a well-deserved break. I mean, right. like you said, doing those two movies in the same year, being totally different emotionally for him. So, <laughs> but then after that, he went on. It was The Lost World, Jurassic Park, um, Amistad. I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, the slave ship. I think it's like a slave ship movie or something. Yeah, can Saving Private Ryan was the next big one, probably after that. Yeah. And and just real quick, Tim. Um, I also saw. <laughs> now you're not gonna believe this, Tim. I actually watched a Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is it the um, new one? Yeah, Uncut Gems. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it is actually really. He is really good in it. That's what I've been he, hearing. Yeah. That was impressive. I, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, Adam Sandler, The Water Boy. This is completely uh-huh. different. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but but yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. Uh, you should, if, if you're curious, Tim, you should you should really watch it. It's it's actually one of the most one of the most stressful movies I've ever really watched. yeah ever seen. Yeah, that's the, was him deal with him being a sports gambler, right? Yeah, he 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 gambles. He, that's not his profession. Uh, he's just addicted to gambling, but he um. Owns a he owns a jewelry uh, store. Okay. Right, and then he he gets this um, 
this secret gem thing from these um, Jewish people in Ethiopia, these African Jews, as he calls them. Okay. And, um, uh, you, you know, uh, Kevin Garnett, the basketball player? Yeah. Yeah, so he sees it, or he comes into Adam Sandler's shop and sees it and wants to just, he, he wants to buy it at first. And then uh, Adam Sandler's like, no, it's it's going to go to auction and I'm going to get a million dollars for it. And then Kevin Garnett goes, well, how about if I just hold it for the night? And uh, as collateral, I'll give you my NBA championship ring. So he oh. does. <laughs> and then Adam Sandler immediately, immediately gets cash for it and then places bets on um, on. I can't remember if it's several games or just one game, one Kevin Garnett basketball game. I think he was playing with the Boston Celtics. And, uh, yeah, it, it just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs from there. He hit, uh, Adam Sandler trying to get money, trying to get the ring back, trying to get the gem back. Um, but, yeah, it, it is one of the most stressful movies I've ever seen. That's why I do not bet on anything. I do not gamble. Uh <laughs> it's 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 crazy but it's well, a really good movie okay it did look interesting I, but from how you're describing it it's not what i was expecting it to be <laughs> yeah and, and and like i said adam sandler is really really good for it, it good in it sorry i do know uh, uh mike francesa uh, from mike and the mad dog the sports radio new york talk show that i used to listen to all the time yeah yeah <laughs> it's in uh, that he, movie yeah he plays the bookie the book yeah. Okay, so he's not playing himself. He's actually playing a character. Yeah, he's playing a character. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'll check it out eventually, too. Yeah. But I guess from moving on from movies to TV shows that I've been binging or ones that you could start watching as well. And again, not going to go to the basics. Like I could just say, oh, watch Clone Wars, watch Batman the Animated Series and all that. Well, you should if you haven't watched it yet. But going to go in for some stuff that's a little different but still available on stuff like Disney Plus or the DC Universe app. And as you'll do with me, I'm going to go more of the animated route. <laughs> and you'll probably go with more live action or drama routes, Dane, <laughs> to recommend. But um, for yeah. me, now, Dane, I don't know if I've talked to you much about this old animated show. I can't remember if we did or not. But have you ever watched uh, Gargoyles when it was on TV? Yeah. You I did watch I it? I did, yeah. Okay. Because that is one that is now on D- Disney Plus. And I've been wanting to start rewatching that again because when Disney first plus first came out, I was going to all these different shows, just like watching a few minutes of it. And I wanted to get suckered right back into that <laughs> to watch it in a gargoyle. But uh, I haven't done it yet, but that's probably something I'm going to do very soon because I've been itching to go back into that show. And Wit is probably one of the best animated shows you're going to find. It's fantasy based. It's, it's dark. <laughs> it goes into a lot of, um, Shakespeare, Arthurian legend uh, aspects to its plot. It's just really, really great characters, really great stories. I think ahead of its time, really, with some of the content that, or mature content that it would sometimes put out there in some of its episodes, which was on the Disney afternoon block mixed in with shows like DuckTales and Chippendales <laughs> Rescue Rangers. So it just kind of felt out of place among there. If I remember right, I think it started its first season only on Fridays, but its second season was every day, I believe. So, yeah, if you haven't checked out that show, it's kind of getting more buzz on Twitter now that it is available to watch. And Greg Greg Wiseman, 
um, was behind the show. Uh, probably the first show I watched of his and just kind of seen firsthand there how what a great uh, showrunner he would be. And he's kind of been tweeting about it, say, you know, keep keep watching it, use the hashtag. You never know, it could be revived if a lot of people are watching it on Disney Plus. So I got to become one of those people again and start watching it because I've been wanting to relive that show uh, for a while. But I had the DVDs, but it's kind of something where they're kind of stored away and inconvenient just to go get <laughs> try to find them and look for the disc. And it took a while just for the final volume to come out for the second season. So I've been waiting for it to become available on streaming. And now that it is, I got to start watching again, especially that second season. It is so good. It has one of the best villains in from, a co- I think, a concept and a costume design. The character, the hunter, he has such a cool look with his mask that it's just uh, almost like an executioner's mask, but it has these three uh, claw marks on it marked in the color red to symbolize blood because he was scratched by a gargoyle in his face and that's what made him become the hunter but it's just such a cool looking design that i think is underrated when it comes to cool looking costume villains i just love the look of the hunter and eventually hunters as you make your way to the series so if you have never watched gargoyle it's something you definitely got to check out and if you like batman the animated series you'll definitely love gargoyles because they're similar in some ways and you even had some um of the crew that worked on Batman the Animated Series worked on Gargoyles. I believe one of the directors, Frank Parr, uh, from Batman the Animated Series was a director and I think one of the producers on Gargoyles. So uh, you can definitely see some similarities there, but definitely something you got to check out now that's available on Disney Plus and I cannot wait to watch it again. But one show on the complete opposite... Hey Tim, can I say something real quick? Oh yeah, go for it. Because um, uh, on the Gargoyles Gargoyles topic, I... um... When I was a kid watching that show, I thought that that was made by the same people that did Batman the Animated Series. See? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It's it's so similar in aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, yeah, you're definitely right. So they're, they complement each other nicely, I would think. Yeah. But on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, one show that I have been watching <laughs> or reliving again, I haven't seen in forever. But when I saw it, I was like, I want to see the first episode. I remember it being funny. And yeah, now I've been suckered to watching every episode. <laughs> like when I eat dinner or something, I need something to watch while I eat. I put an episode on. And that is Darkwing Duck. The greatest Disney superhero probably you're going to see. <laughs> that is created before yeah. they acquired Marvel. <laughs> but in that DuckTales universe, Darkwing Duck, it doesn't get any better than him. Man, I forgot how funny that show was. Didn't and, really watch it as a kid. I gotta be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I always I remember watching it a lot, but I didn't remember a lot of the episodes. Not like I did Ducktales, because I would mm-hmm. always rewatch Ducktales here and there, like when those DVDs came out. But not with Darkwing Duck. But watching it again, I forgot how funny it is. <laughs> he's just that goofball hero who thinks he's the best, but yet he really can't do anything <laughs> right. Or he does in the end, of course. He saves the day and stops the villain, but he bumbles along the way <laughs> and makes constant mistakes. It's just funny to watch. And his lineup of villains, it's really good. <laughs> I mean, um, you think of great heroes with villains, Spider-Man, Batman. You got to throw Darkwing Duck in there. <laughs> his, some of his villains are kind of ripoffs of, of other superhero villains like Batman and Spider-Man. I mean, he, he has a character who's a clown jester. I mean, that could be his Joker. He has a plant-based villain. He has an electricity-based villain. But he has a water villain. But they're all so uniquely designed and make good foils for him to go up against. That's both 
as a kid, you like watching that type of fun action, but as an adult, you kind of appreciate the more subtle jokes and uh, comedy aspect of it more so than being enthralled by the action of it so to speak than you were as a kid but you just appreciate some of the in the in jokes that they would have in there now and it's still very entertaining so darkwing duck is another show i'm making my way through with disney plus and then also um on the documentary side of things disney plus has a great one about the imagineer that's the imagineering story I don't know if you watched any episodes of that thing, but that is really good. Just going into the history of the Imagineers and how they came up with the different rides and theme parks through the Disney, first with Disneyland and Disney World and all the other Disney parks that sprung up all over the world and just the process of what it went into developing those parks for each cult, different culture, making sure you know it's acceptable for that and then coming up with the rides. It was just really fascinating to see. There's about seven or eight episodes so I would definitely, definitely, uh, I could talk. Definitely recommend watching that as a short series to binge and just get an inside look of how all these cool attractions and Disney parks came to be. So I would throw that in there too, and then throw in some on the DC side of things, some underrated shows that are available to watch that sometimes don't get mentioned a lot. I got to mention Justice League Action, which is on Hulu. That is such an underrated <laughs> DC animated series. It's kind of in vain to Brave and the Bold, but more with uh, just all the different Justice League characters. But it's well-written. It's well-voice-acted. We talk about it sometimes here on the episode on our show when the episodes are first airing. But kind of came and went. And I remember saying it got lost in the time slots. So I didn't know when the heck it was airing. So it would be airing. And I didn't know it. I didn't wouldn't know it. I would miss episodes. So now that it's all available on Hulu, I have watched all of them and again it's just a really great underrated show just a lot of fun with the dc characters and you got kevin conroy and mark hamill voicing batman and joker so <laughs> you can't go wrong with that so i would throw that in for the dc side of things but those are some of the animated tv shows and one documentary that i've been watching lately all on disney plus <laughs> everything except most. justice league action yeah, yeah. <laughs> most on disney plus um so sticking with that theme uh the Three three shows I've been binge watching uh, recently is are are all in German. <laughs> oh really? So uh, yeah. So the first one is uh, Babylon Berlin. Okay. On uh, Netflix, um, takes place in the the Weimar Republic before the Nazis took over. Uh, it's a detective story because I don't know if you know, but Germany before the Nazis had one of the best police. Um, detective, I don't know, agencies, I don't know what you call it, d- departments okay. in the world during the Weimar Republic, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that show. That show's a trip. I've been watching um, uh, Das Boot on Hulu, um, sort of a sequel to the Wolfgang Peterson movie. Uh, not so good, but uh, still, still good enough. And then I've been watching uh, Deutschland uh, 83, which is uh, takes place during the uh, uh, the Berlin Wall situation, where uh, a Stasi um, officer is sent to the West, and he has to get some information or get some intent intelligence. Um, all in German. Uh, it's it's really hard reading German. <laughs> Uh, or reading subtitles in english when they're speaking when they're speaking german um it is uh, because they speak really fast 
and uh, the subtitles go really quick. Too. The subtitles go really quick. <laughs> so especially when they're talking about like like spy technology or or a thing on a submarine, it's it's really hard to keep up with. It. <laughs> you find yourself pausing it or rewinding it. Yeah, and then I find myself uh, turning it off and being like, you know what? I I just have to watch something in English where I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to uh, read it really fast. So. Uh, yeah, th- those are the three shows I've been watching, uh, all in German. I don't know why it just happened. It, it just, just grabbed happened. you. Huh? It just got yeah. your interest. <laughs> it just happened that way. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to go some completely opposite with my animated shows and cartoon series. <laughs> 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 That's what makes it great, the different choices that you now have to, for shows to watch. So yeah. yeah, there's shows and movies everywhere now. So Yeah, yeah. and you can't forget about comics. So I'm going to go ahead and list some of comics that I think you should read and some that I read not too long ago. So um, first off, I'm going to go on the Marvel front slash Star Wars. And I'm sure I mentioned this on past shows, but if you're looking for one comic series in a, a completed run to read while you're stuck at home and you're interested in st- the Star Wars and want more lore added to characters, go read Charles Soule's Darth Vader run. It's only 25 issues, but man, is it some of the best Star Wars you're going to read. It is available on Marvel Unlimited. Everything I'm going to mention here is available on Marvel Unlimited and the DC Universe app, except one, but I'll get to that. Um, but I think first and foremost, I would recommend that Darth Vader run by Charles Soule. It is just so good. It takes place immediately after Revenge of the Sith. So you see how Darth Vader is just kind of coping with everything immediately after his battle with Obi-Wan. And the first arc has to deal with him trying to find his, or not trying to find, but for him to build his Sith lightsaber, finding the hilt, burning the crystal to get the red blades, and all that stuff is just really good. And then you get different arcs throughout the 25-issue run that deals with him finding a hunting down of the Jedi, building his castle that you see in Rogue One. This all a lot of great stuff that just adds more to the lore of Star Wars and to Darth Vader as a character. So I highly recommend that. Dane, I don't know if you subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, but if you do, you definitely got to check this out. I cannot recommend that series enough. It might be the best Star Wars comic ever. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I've always been curious about, uh, especially watching A New Hope as an adult, um, is in that movie in particular, uh Vader is a he's a middle manager. He is not a leader. I mean, he he does have people under him, but um it seems like he answers to somebody else. So he he's like a mid-level manager. He's a um he reports to a supervisor. It seems like mm-hmm. um, yeah, not being Tarkin. Sure. Right. Um do they get into that in the series? In, Not in, in the that series. series. No. Oh. You probably have to... The Tarkin novel that was one of the first new canon novels that came out, that deals into that whole aspect of it. They kind of go on a mission together. Oh, I see. It builds up that relationship. Because, I mean, I, you know, I have this theory that... Um, and I'm not sure if there's a novel or a comic series or a beginning... Get it, get into it in an animated series or whatever. But I have this theory, Tim. Um, I don't know if you heard of it before, but I have this theory that in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, 
uh, Vader to the Emperor because Tarkin died, right? Mm. The first Death Star. I have this theory that Vader trash-talked Tarkin a whole lot during that in-between period. Mm. (laughs) Like, no, no, Alderaan, that was all Tarkin. I had nothing to do with that. That was all Tarkin. Um, That little compartment on top of our Death Star that could blow up the entire Death Star, that was Tarkin's idea. I, I mean, I told him to cover it up. I told him on three separate occasions to cover that hole. But he said, no, nobody's going to find out. You see? So that's my theory. That's well, my there theory. are comics, not this Darth Vader series I'm talking about by Charles Soule, but the first Darth Vader comic series takes place immediately after A New Hope and kind of deals with the aftermath and how Palpatine deals with Vader's failure on the Death Star. Yeah. So, But he doesn't actually trash talk Tarkin or push the blame to him he just kind of accepts it and vents oh, his frustration really? in other ways but not in front of palpatine so so then why is he more of a more in a position of power in empire and uh, he, jedi he had to work his way back up because part of his punishment palpatine does put him under another imperial officer that you see in the new hope um general tag i believe it was He's one of the one who you hear him talking to New Hope in the conference room table. Not the one, not Mahdi who gets choked by Vader, but the right. other one who's talking about the power of the Death Star. Okay, no, I was just wondering because I don't know. It's just a weird switch of power in between mm-hmm. the movies, and I was like, okay, so Vader ratted out Tarkin, and <laughs> that's why he is the he is the new leader. He pretty much had to prove himself again to Palpatine. Oh, I see. But another good Star Wars comic that just finished, actually, and this is the one that's not on Marvel Unlimited just yet, but it will be in a few months, was the Rise of Kylo Ren limited series. And it's only four issues, and it's really good. I can't say it's great like Charles Soule's Darth Vader run. And this is written by Charles Soule also. The first two issues are amazing. They just start off really great diving into Kylo's training as a young Jedi with Luke. You see Luke take on the Knights of Ren, which is incredible. (laughs) But the last two issues, I just there were some great moments in there, but it just didn't quite stick the landing. And the last issue felt a little too rushed, in my opinion, as far as checking off certain boxes that you wanted to see Kylo Ren do or to show him become and have certain things that we see in The Force Awakens. And they didn't even get to one of them. And I won't spoil it here, but there were certain things where it just felt, okay, we have to put this in there to show that this, he, how he got this and how he became that. But um, still some great moments in there. And overall, I would highly recommend it. I still think it's probably a must read for fans of Kylo Ren and just to learn more about the character. And again, it's only four issues. So, but um, I think reading it all four issues in one sitting, you'll just get a greater appreciation for where this character is coming from. So that's another really good one for one of the more recent comics. And then if I can go way back into Marvel's c- category, this is not Star Wars related, but um, have you heard of the character Darkhawk, Dane? Hmm. No, I haven't. He's from the early 90s, and I first heard of him and saw him when I was collecting uh, Marvel trading cards. And he has a really cool costume. It's just a robotic costume. He has a cool helmet. And it really stood out to me, but I never 
got a chance to read, read the comics. I always just got my information from him from the back of the trading cards in the early 90s. But um, I would say in last summer, I started reading the Darkhawk comics in Marvel Unlimited. And I really liked it. I became a cool character. He's a teenager who finds this stone that gives him the suit. And he it's it's kind of similar to superhero tropes where you see him dealing with this new power and what he's about to do with it. But I think the good aspect of it comes from dealing with his family situation and what he's dealing with his father being a police officer and what goes on with that and his brother being a lawyer and being threatened by crime bosses. <laughs> so and a lot of stuff that adds into him becoming or dealing with him being a superhero, what he has to do with that power mixed in with some of the family stuff that's going on, mixing in with his superhero abilities too. So um, that was a good read. I always wanted to read and learn more about that character. And when I finally did, I liked what I read and felt they should be, they should character who should be kind of used more, not just in comics, but maybe if the MCU ever gets to more characters they want to adapt, I think Darkhawk should be one of them. He has a cool costume and I think a cool, origin story that would work well whether it's a tv show or a movie but um he's a character i think if you're not too familiar with him you should check out uh, those early comics from the 90s and there's some uh, cool crossovers that he has with uh, other marvel characters like venom so <laughs> uh, that's one i would recommend too if you're looking for a new superhero to discover not new but maybe one you haven't heard of and then last one i'll mention and you'll be very familiar with this dane but i actually went and reread some of the issues and i felt it's just worth recommending again because i don't think it gets talked about enough and that is greg Horwitz's dark knight run from 2011 2012 in particular issues 12 to 12 through 21 which are his origins for the scarecrow and the mad hatter and in particular the mad hatter that's one i just reread a few days ago and it's still really good i'm just really impressed with the origin he gave for the mad hatter and jervis tetch and you and me gave phrases to it day when we were reviewing it on the show and just rereading again just made me think yeah man this was <laughs> probably the definitive origin story for the mad hatter either this one or the batman the animated series classic episode mad as a hatter but this one really creates more of an understanding and not necessarily maybe a little sympathetic but when you see the vile stuff mad hatter does in the present and then you see in the flashback that comes in that issue just wondering how can this character become that and greg Hurwitz does a good job of Showing the downfall of Jervis Tetch. Because it's not your typical super super villain origin story where he had a terrible childhood. It's actually quite the opposite. And it makes for a different take, but one that works really well with the character. So if you haven't read the Dark Knight series, I mean, a lot of it's not great. But once Greg Hurwitz came aboard and did his thing with the Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter, it was some fantastic stuff. So if you haven't read those, definitely check those out on the DC Universe app. They're all there, issues 12 through 21. I don't think you'll be disappointed with those Scarecrow and Mad Hatter stories. So, yeah, those are some of my comic rem recommendations. So, um, I don't know if you have any, Dane, new or old, <laughs> maybe that you want to recommend that maybe some listeners or people aren't, too, aren't aware of. Mm, not really. No, I, I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> but I'm sure you'll second my take on Greg Hurd's Dark Knight run, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, definitely avoid the the first part of it. Yeah. Uh, the first part of uh, the Dark Knight series, but um, definitely pick up the um, Greg Hurwitz uh, um, Dark Knight. 
yeah and again it's all there on the dc universe app once once they had that big old update with all the comics they put on there uh, a lot most of the stuff anyway that i was looking for is there now so you should be able to find a lot of good old comics that maybe you're not too familiar with on both marvel unlimited and the dc universe apps right and then lastly i guess to talk about some video games and i know on some previous episodes dan you said you haven't had too much time to play video games i'm not sure if that's gotten better for you but um one of the games we've obviously been talking about the last few episodes was dragon ball z kakarot and i actually just beat it yesterday oh you did yes oh and man i love this game i went into it looking forward to playing it but i didn't think i'd end up being addicted to it and loving it as much as i did i just really love the rpg elements and just building up your characters because dragon ball as an anime and manga it's just meant for the rpg genre and video games the whole premise of the show is pretty much just characters getting stronger learning new abilities and techniques and i think the game really captured that so i just found myself wanting to level up my characters, find these different items and fight these enemies because the combat is really fun. And when you learn these new abilities and the new power-ups, it's just fun to put them in action when you're fighting battles. So, so I, sometimes I leveled my characters up too high or they were no match for me. <laughs> I'd win these battles one, two, three. But that's what I love about it at the same time too. That's what Dragon Ball Z is all about. So it was that was awesome. It was fun to relive the story again. I love it so much. And the graphics were really great. So... I really, really like this game, and I beat it, but yet I'm still going to be playing the side quests and leveling up the characters, getting all the achievements. That's how much <laughs> I love the gameplay aspect of it and how much I was addicted to it because I just can't get enough of it right now. So I'll probably be playing it until Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> I think there's enough content to keep me busy until that game comes out. But yeah, I really loved it. I would recommend that one if you're looking... For a game to keep you busy for a while, because there's definitely a lot to do, and the combat is fun. I will say, I know some people gave criticism in the reviews as far as some of the side quests being a little tedious, and I can see that. And maybe if you're not a huge Dragon Ball Z fan like I am, some of the side quests will get that way for you. But if you are a fan, I think you'll still enjoy it, and just that fun aspect of building up your character, I just really, really love. So, um, curious if you've played it anymore dane and if you have how far you got to it but i yeah, didn't even beat it just yet huh? yeah i i gave up on it um no <laughs> it was the controller scheme and i i didn't really know where to go and uh the the, the map the, the map wasn't very informative and and like i said uh in my review of it uh it's the uh it's the the upgrade system. I just never got used to, to it. Yeah, that was that way at first where to me it's something a little clunky, but the yeah. more I played it, the more I got used to it. And it's not even an issue for me now. <laughs> so, no, but I, I think you just kind of had to give it a little more time. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, that, I just couldn't get into it. That um, me out. I was really wanting you to experience the Dragon Ball Z story. Yeah, and plus too, you know, I'm not really a fan of Dragon Ball Z. I'm probably probably the only uh millennial aged person that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't like uh dragon ball z well now i got to put another tv show to recommend dane you got to watch the dragon ball z anime if you're not gonna play the game you got to watch the tv show now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i just couldn't i i, I don't know I, I just can't get into dragon ball z or dragon ball series i just can't do it i don't i, I don't know what it is 
Uh, well, it can't be for everyone, but I yeah. pretty much, when I was playing through it again, it just reminded me how much I love it. <laughs> so it had that, it's for someone who's already familiar with the franchise so well, I think that's a testament to the game to have me really enjoy it as much as I did experiencing the story for what the hundredth time or so, <laughs> but it still had that same impact for me as far as man, this is just really, really good, and I just love these characters so much. So, um, but I was hoping it'd be that way for you, where someone who wasn't aware of it or familiar with the story would really get into the characters and the story with playing it. But bummed it didn't quite have that effect on you, Dane. Yeah, just uh, I don't, I again, like I said. It, I just don't know what it is. I just can't get into Dragon Ball. I know a lot of people are into Dragon Ball. A lot of my friends are into Dragon Ball. I just can't do it. Hey, but you gave it a shot, though. So I did. That's I tried. all I can ask for. <laughs> I tried, Tim. <laughs> so, yeah, those are some of the things were TV shows, movies, comics, video games that we've been playing and would recommend for you to check out if you're looking for something to do to pass the time while you're stuck at home. So, Hopefully this gave you some new things to check out, whether it's binging all the animated DC movies or not DC movies, Disney movies. <laughs> you could binge the DC animated movies too, but binging the Disney animated movies from the beginning to the current times or watching different German TV shows on Netflix where you have to read subtitles quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a wide variety of options to choose from. Yeah, so speaking of watching German television shows, I did re- replay... Um... Uh, Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got you uh, in the mood for that after watching those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I beat it again. <laughs> that, that's my video game, uh, Binge, or whatever. There you go, Wolfenstein. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so with that, um, that'll do it for our future topic. But going into one new story that we've got since our last episode, and this one... I been waiting for and we finally got some details on it and this is the three jokers comic series coming from jeff johns and jason Fabog. and we finally got a release date <laughs> they've announced it a while ago and we've been waiting and it is coming out on june 17th that is when the first issue will be released and it's only three issues so they wanted to make sure that once they announced the date there wouldn't be any setbacks or delays with the other two issues so that's kind of why it took so long so it shouldn't be any delays now once now that we got this release date of june 17th and entertainment weekly had an interview with jason fabok and jeff johns going into talking a little bit about the details regarding the story not too much they want it to be a surprise but they're really going off the big traumatic events that joker has played with batman jason todd and barbara gordon so they'll be picking up on things from the killing joke and a death in the family that's kind of been their inspiration for wanting to tell the story. And there's some uh, preview images from Jason Fabok's art, which looks fantastic on there. It's some st- not anything revealing with the Joker, but we're just something bad's happening because we see Batman walking away from uh, his parents' graves all bleeding out. And he makes his way into the Batcave and it focuses on Jason and Barbara's Robin and Batgirl costume in the cave and some of Joker's. Uh, equipment that Batman has kept, like the laughing fish, his uh, his gun, his flower, his laughing teeth. So it's making the point that showing in these preview images what the focus is going to be with Joker, Jason, Barbara, and Bruce Wayne. So I'm looking forward to this. This is one new DC event comic that I will be getting and, and I'm excited for. So uh, looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming, but hopefully it'll be worth the wait. So 
won't be that much longer for June 17th. And that's about it for some DC news and Batman news to talk about on this episode. But getting into Not a lot our, of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, news has been kind of scarce for on all fronts. I mean, a lot of it's just been, I know a lot of it's been movie delays and TV show delays and production stopping. So um, we haven't gotten a delay for Wonder Woman yet, um, but I imagine that's eventually going to be coming. I think there was a report yesterday that Warner Brothers might be discussing the possibility of releasing it um, digitally. I thought I I read that uh, they said they weren't. I think that came out not too long after where they're still planning for a movie release. I think even... Uh, Patty Jenkins or Gal Gadot kind of reaffirmed that, yeah. <laughs> saying it, there's going to be a theatrical release. It's just a matter of when. So, yeah, like you said, not too much big news coming out. It's a lot of bad news, unfortunately. Mm. But other than that, I can get into uh, not a comic book reviews, but a movie movie review because I just saw the latest DC animated movie, Superman Red Sun, and I'm going to be giving my review of that. And as always, now, <laughs> as my comic book reviews have been limited, uh, but we still got to do give rating scales, whether I'm reviewing a TV show, movie, or a comic for future episodes. So um, what do you think, Dane? What should our review or rating scale be for this episode? Hmm. I think we should leave the coronavirus out of this. Yeah. It's, it's bad <laughs> enough. Um, or how about times Tim washes his hands until they start looking like Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good one all right i'm going with that one the the, the grossest hands in the world yeah <laughs> uh, i i mean I, I i i know now he's a clone but they couldn't get the the hands correct <laughs> the hands and the eyes were the big problems for, i know i mean for those cloners maybe it wasn't the Kaminoans on Camino. they were the best and they couldn't get to them so they had to use other cloners and they weren't as good <laughs> I, I, I guess. I mean, I would think that you, you know, hands would be pretty important. <laughs> well, but using I, the force lightning, maybe that complicated things a little bit with it too. So, oh yeah, like like broke off his fingernails. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Y- you know what? Um, Palpatine in uh, Revenge of the Sith looks disgusting, <laughs> which I think was George Lucas's intent. Right, but but in um, I guess the OT and um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, it he looks okay. He looks just like an old man. Like he doesn't have all the scarring anymore. Yeah. Well, once he's had a few years to heal or make himself look better, he <laughs> get rid of some <laughs> of that scarring, maybe. And then yeah. Rise of Skywalker, once he sucks Rays and Ben's life force, he, he looks. Like how he was, like you said, in the original trilogy, pretty much. Yeah. He just didn't have um, time in Revenge of the Sith to have those scars that Mace Windu gave him heal up. Yeah, one criticism of uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, there wasn't really a cool lightsaber fight. Uh, I really liked Rays and Kylo's and the, on the water on the second Death Star debris. I mean, it wasn't long, but I think there's some cool stuff that happened in there. And on from a yeah. story standpoint, an emotional standpoint, I think it's really, really good. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was just the jumps for me. See, that was some of the different aspects of it that I liked. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was for, for me, it was the force jumps. 
uh, it didn't really look that good. Um, also, gotta get the Knights of Ren in on something. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, I was kind of expecting that to happen just because of my experience with Captain Phasma and The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they had a short action sequence, but they definitely could have done more. I think it would have been cool of seeing him uh, take down Chewie once they got him captured. Like, yeah. That would have been a cool little skirmish to see them uh, be involved in. Yeah, but h- how would they have gotten down from the uh, the ship? What do you mean? Oh, no, no, sorry. They, they weren't even on that ship. Uh, right? but, yeah, because we see them, we see Chewie walk, then we see the Knights of Ren, like, they come into the screen, and they're about to, they see Chewie, and we know they're going to take him. And then yeah, the next yeah. thing we see, Chewie's captured. So they obviously had a fight, but right, we just didn't right. see it. That's something I wish we would have saw. Hmm. Just to give them one more quick action sequence. I mean, it didn't have to be something too long, but just yeah. to give a little more something to do would have been nice. And what's the name of the planet that the Emperor's on? Exegol. Exegol, right. Yeah. yeah. And the planet that uh, the Resistance is on is... It is Agent... I think it's pronounced Agent Claus or Agent Claus. Yeah. Something to that effect. Because <laughs> they don't actually say it in the movie. Oh, I see. I I, I do like the meme going around. Um about uh, Luke Skywalker being the original uh, social uh, yeah. distancer. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. And so accurate, yes. Yeah. But anyway, um, Superman Red Sun. Sorry, I took yes. us totally off, <laughs> off subject. Hey, it's par for the core for this for our show. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing new there. But yeah, so Superman Red Sun. And I'll say right off the bat, I have not read the comic, so I was kind of going into it fresh and not knowing exactly what to expect. And I got to say, I absolutely love this movie. I think it's already up there as one of my favorites in the DC animated movie line. It just was really, really well done from a technical standpoint. The animation was really great. The fight sequences are really well done, as I've come to expect with these DC movies. The voice acting was good. Jason Isaac as Superman was fantastic. Diedrich Bader doing from Babe in the Bold Frame (laughs) as Batman is now Lex Luthor, and he did a great job as Lex so that's all production wise fantastic as always but I just really really like the story and just it made a great Elseworlds stories for these DC characters that didn't play into your typical tropes that you get sometimes with Superman stories or DC stories and they just did a real good job of changing things up but making it make sense and work in this Elseworlds that's being told here where Superman um, was his rocket landed in Russia and he's pretty much under working under the control of the Soviet Union. And I'll go into some spoilers here, but not too much. Um, but oh, Tim, um, I missed a um, binge TV show I've been watching that's not in German. Oh, nice. You, know, you got to mention it. <laughs> Is it yeah, in Russian, yeah. though? <laughs> no, no. It has something to do with Russian or the Soviet Union. Um, uh, Fargo. Season three. Oh, okay. With uh, Ewan McGregor. I've heard great things about that show. In particular, it is that, really good. That season with Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he plays two characters. He plays uh, he plays uh, twin brothers. Oh, okay. One is successful and one is not so successful. Um, That's kind of similar to the 
Jesus movie he did where he played Jesus and Satan. What? Yeah. I forget what it's called. Something, I think it's just 40 Nights in the Wilderness or 40 Days in the Wilderness, but it's where he plays Jesus and as Jesus is tempted by Satan in this time in the wilderness, Ewan McGregor plays him as Satan too. And they're having these conversations with each other. It's That aspect of it is really well done, but it is kind of... Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's kind of a boring movie, yeah. uh, where it's not dealing with the philosophical stuff with the devil and Jesus, and Fair. he comes to counter with Fair. his family, which kind of makes me think, you know, it's Jesus was alone 40 days in the wilderness, but yet in this movie he comes in contact with a family <laughs> out there. So, but that stuff with Ewan McGregor playing off of himself was really well done. What's this movie called? I think it was 40 Days in the Wilderness. Forty days in the wilderness. Hmm. I might be wrong, but it's, I think something to that. When uh, did it come out? Came out maybe I want to say three or four years ago. Oh really? Uh, last days in the de- last days in the, in the desert. That's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> but. Wow. Yeah, you'll, you'll probably you'll probably see if you see any fan made uh, Obi Wan trailers, they use a lot of footage from the show because it's him in the desert. <laughs> yeah, it or looks not show like, one movie, but <laughs> yeah, he has the long Jesus hair and the beard and Yeshua. Oh yeah, I guess that's just another name. Another name for Jesus. Uh, well, there's only four people on the, in the cast. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So yeah, it could be a little bit slow to get through, but there's some good moments in there. I wouldn't say it's necessarily great, though. I think <laughs> Ewan McGregor probably would. If he did the whole Jesus story, he'd be good in it. I did not hear about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, let's see. What kind of rating did it get? I mean, what kind of Rotten Tomatoes yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, 77. 77. Not a Yeah. I think it I was one you... of those movies that had a limited release. I'm not sure if it really had a wide release. Yeah, I guess you got to be uh, religious. You know? Mm-hmm. To, really, uh, to really hear about this movie or whatever. But yeah, if you're, if you're looking for more Ewan McGregor talking to himself, you got two options now. <laughs> Fargo and Last Days in the Desert. <laughs> Mordecai. Ewan, Ewan McGregor is in a lot of movies that I've never even heard yeah, of. Yeah, he does do a lot. <laughs> Some of them not all successful or very good. <laughs> like that way you just said, mentioned Mordecai, I heard is awful. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That one was him and Johnny Depp, I believe. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Oh, and he was in, I don't know if you know this, Tim, but he was in this movie called um, Star Wars The Force Awakens in really? 2015. Yeah. Star Wars, you said? Not Star, Star Trek? Wars. Okay. No, Star Wars, Tim. Uh, it's a different one. It's not connected to Star Trek in any way. Well, I'll have to look that up and put that on my stuff to binge because I've never heard of it. Yeah, in 2019, he was in The Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and in 2020, Tim, and in 2020, 
you'll never believe it, but he was in this movie called Birds of Prey. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. Uh, Is it one of those lame superhero movies that I can't believe are so popular these days? It's either that or it's one of these small little indie movies that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, never heard of it either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's hard to play. (laughs) It's hard to play up that aspect of not ever hearing of Star Wars (laughs) or or superhero movies. I always can't help but laugh whenever I try to play it up. (laughs) Or I never heard of it. Especially when we're just talking about the Rise of Skywalker a bunch of times in this episode. (laughs) So in The Force Awakens, it it was when Rey touches the lightsaber. Yeah. Hmm. He says, these are your first steps. And in The Rise of Skywalker, it's at the end then. Mm -hmm. He says, these are your final steps. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I wonder if he recorded that at one time or if uh, he had to come back. And... No, as well as we learned, from, if anything we learned about the production of the sequel trilogy, nothing was really planned. So I don't yeah. think JJ had the ending for Rise of Skywalker planned when he was <laughs> doing Force Awakens. You know, I really wonder how they got the Alec Guinness. Um, uh, well, they talked about Ray. that. Oh, they, they just did? edited a bit of dialogue in uh, New Hope where I believe he said afraid and they just edited to downward so it sounds like Ray. Oh, I see. So just Skywalker yeah. sound doing their magic, <laughs> making a seamless transition to have new dialogue from Alec Guinness, which is awesome. Yeah, but it must have been like the easiest day for you and McGregor just just say, these are the first steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whisper it like that. Okay. Hey, why not have yeah have be involved with more Star Wars? I mean, and have it be a real easy thing. How? Why would you pass that up? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that uh, Doctor Sleep movie? No, I don't yeah. see much horror. <laughs> yeah, but it's a continuation from The Shining, right? Yeah, That's... I was about to say it's a continuation of The Shining, and I guess you and McGregor plays the little kid from The Shining. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's our trek through um, Ewan McGregor's filmography. Yeah, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. Yeah. you got more movies to check out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to Superman Red Sun. Yeah, <laughs> and why yeah. I sorry, so we keep on getting... You see, you see, the only reason why I brought it up, or I remember it, is because there's a piece of dialogue in the, in the movie where this guy is talking to uh, Ewan McGregor. And he's saying that he's talking about Beethoven's Beethoven's uh, Passionata, and he's saying how Lenin wouldn't wouldn't have continued the re- revolution if he kept on listening to it. Okay. See, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> reminded me of it. Gotcha. But uh, not not uh, John Lennon. Of yeah, course. I <laughs> yeah. I figured that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Is that a beer? laughs> I just had to make that clear, I guess, just yeah, in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case. <laughs> but yeah, so back to Superman Red Sun. Yeah. Um, Why well, I love it so much. I think they just did a great job of telling an Elseworld stories. That was obviously expected to be different, but I also kind of expected it to follow its similar tropes for Superman stories, like I mentioned, where obviously Superman's in Russia. 
but Lois Lane and is married to Lex Luthor. They're both in the U.S. And I thought, okay, Superman's going to meet Lois, which he does, and they're kind of start to kindle the romance that we all expect this Superman and Lois to have in these stories. But that never happened. And I thought that was going to trigger something for him and Lex being enemies because she would leave Lex for Superman. But that wasn't the case, and I appreciated that. It just tells a different story that took place over several decades, which was I wasn't expecting, but worked really well also. Because it begins with Superman as a little kid being chased by bullies, and he's being protected by this version's Lana Lang, which, but his, her name is Svetlana. And she helps him, but he tells her, no, I'm not afraid of the bullies. I'm just afraid of what I, what I would do to them. And he reveals his power to her. And then later on, it shows how she tells him, oh, you got to reveal yourself to the Soviet Union and the state. And he does. And so he, become, he comes under the man of Stalin. And that's where the first portion of the movie takes place, where there's these propaganda films of Russia and showing that they have the, there's the Soviet Superman, as they're calling him. And the rest of the movie is the U.S. working with Lex, trying to come to counter that and come up with their own superhuman. Over the course of the decades, we see the different ways Lex and the U.S. government tries to deal deal with that with not much success. And so the, later on, Superman saves a falling satellite that was going to hit the U.S. He saves it, and that's his first time in the U.S. revealing himself there, and he has a conversation with Lois. And Lois gives him this confidential file that reveals, I mean, because he thinks, you know, the Soviet Union is doing things the right way. And Lois reveals to him that that's not really the case, where the government actually has a secret gulag where that is keeping the slave labor camps. And he's goes there to find out if it's true. And it is true. And he is shocked to see that his government was doing that. And he actually sees um, Svetlana there. And he is shocked to see her in prison like this she's dying and she does end up dying but when she does she kind of tells him uh, you got to use your powers to for the good of the world and that's what kind of puts him on the path to do what the rest of the story is where to bring the soviet union government control over the world but kind of in the name of peace and for a better world so i liked how it wasn't just superman being under the soviet union's control and kind of being a villain and it's just this merciless dictator who's trying to expose his rule over the whole world. That's his, his eventual goal is for his rule to be over the world, but it's coming from a place that you understood and with good intentions type of thing. Because when he found out about that secret gulag, he confronts Stalin and he actually kills him right there, knowing that this isn't the way to do things and his way will be better. And that's the course of, as we see in the decades, the movie shows of him expanding his rule and power over to other countries except the U.S. because he doesn't want to go there as a conqueror. He's He obviously doesn't hold the U.S. in their government in high regard and thinks it's going to collapse on itself, and that's what he's waiting for. But in the course of that, also a cool thing we got in the gulag as he was seeing the horrors and the people were going through, he sees this little boy who tells him, so you can hear a leaf fall from miles away, but you couldn't hear our cries. And you see in this dark room that he's in, these bats fly away. It's like, oh, okay, I know who this character is and what they're setting up here. Their version of Bruce and his family. His parents weren't murdered. They were just stuck in prison in the gulag. And he hates Superman for it, knowing that he was part of this government's control. He has all these superhuman abilities, and he didn't do anything to help them until now. So he always held this grudge for Superman. And Batman in this movie, while cool, (laughs) he was just 
there's no other way to say it. He was just a straight up terrorist causing, uh, killing civilians and ruining Superman's uh, museums and stuff that he set up in the cities and just wanted to bring down his regime. And he had his own followers, but it made for a really cool action sequence with him luring Superman into um, that old imprisoned gulag underground. He was able to capture Wonder Woman and that's what Lord Superman to confront him. And there was this great fight sequence that Batman had against Superman as the whole room was filled with red lights, dampening Superman's power. And just, again, tip of the cap to the fight choreography and the action. And that was directed in this episode. It's well done. So Batman, it was kind of hard to see Batman this way as being someone who's a terrorist, but yet was still Batman in a sense. And that dynamic he had with Superman, it still felt like a Batman-Superman conflict with ideology just set to the extreme here and batman is able to subdue superman and has him captured and he puts him throws him into this underground basement with red lights but since he had wonder woman captured with the lasso uh, she's able to break free and she uh gets superman free too and batman seeing there's no other way out commits suicide and blows himself up he had a bomb implanted into him so they're just like i said going to the extremes with these, this batman superman dynamic but i just liked how the grudge and hatred he had for Superman just worked so well. And some that I just really bought into were, you know, one of my complaints about Batman versus Superman, it's hard to make this comparison, but I couldn't help but think while watching it where, you know, just, it was hard to justify Batman's hatred for Superman that he had in that movie. While certain aspects I could see certain aspects of it felt like, uh, it's a little too much while he would hate Superman this much to want to kill him. But in this movie, like I said, things were taken to the extreme here. And it just worked really well when you're trying to tell the story of Batman trying to kill and take down Superman. It has to be at that extreme level, which I felt BBS didn't quite have uh, to work fully. But in here, I felt it really did. It's kind of one of those things, maybe that type of story of Batman wanting to kill Superman and take him down can only be told in this type of Elseworld scenario where it could really work and you would buy into it like I did here. So that's just one of the aspects I loved about the movie and just how it, it took these classic DC characters like Wonder Woman. And then what they did with Green Lantern was really cool, too. How Green, uh, the government got their hands on Abensor's ship and the ring before it could find Hal Jordan. But they brought in Hal Jordan as a captain, a captain of the Air Force to bring him in on this project to study the ring and weaponize it and pretty much mass produce it to replace the Air Force with the Earth's Green Lantern Corps. So there's this cool sequence where you would normally see the U.S. Air Force go into battle instead you see the green lanterns where you can see guy garner hal jordan john stewart john stewart voiced by phil lamar again which was great obviously from justice league so it was cool hearing him as john stewart again but there is a cool actor sequence with them going up against superman with the this green lantern corps that are don't have the typical green lantern costumes but it's more like old fighter pilot costumes and it looked really cool so just the way it adapted different aspects of the dc universe into this different story i just felt worked really really well then you throw in the main conflict with Brainiac. And that's one of the other things I liked about it. You think as I'm watching, okay, this is all going to end up to eventual confrontation with Superman invading the U.S., going up against Lex Luthor, who's been trying all these different things to take this, take him down. He even created his own version of their Superman, their version of Bizarro, which was Superior Man, <laughs> which was just such, a, again, a mix of a clone of Lex and Superman which made for another great action sequence, but 
I just liked how it showed these different avenues Lex was trying to take down this version of Superman throughout the decades. And you would think it's going to come to this final confrontation between them two, but it doesn't. It turns out to be something totally different that involves Brainiac that I felt worked really, really well. So there's just a lot of aspects that I loved about this movie. The story of it being in Elseworlds and what it would be like if Superman wasn't uh, didn't his ship didn't crash in the U.S., but he was in another country and how that affect the world and all these different DC characters. It was just a really fascinating look to see how different things would be for these characters if stuff like that happened and not falling into normal superhero movie tropes that I was expecting and was really appreciated that they didn't do. And again, I'm not sure if this is how it played out in the comic because I haven't re- read it, but now I really want to, to see um, how different things are because I have heard some reviews say it is, They did do things differently than how it was in the comics. So now I'm curious to see what those are just to experience the story again in the comics. So looking forward to doing that. So, yeah, I loved it. Story was great. Characters were great. Voice acting was great. The action was great. The animation was really well done. The character designs were really great. The action sequence were really fluid. So just everything about it, I loved. The only negative thing I will say about it, it does go off or starts off a little bit slow. It takes a while for it to get going, but it all ends up working well in the overall story, showing how this Superman came to be his power, how he came to grow in his power in the Soviet Union and how he expanded that power over the world. So it is a little bit of a slow buildup till we get to some of the more action and superhero stuff that we're accustomed to seeing in these type of stories. But um, again, it's just a minor nitpick. So uh, to score it, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four and a half out of five times that I'll be washing my hands before they start it ended it up like Emperor Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker. So they're going to look pretty bad because I really like this movie. <laughs> so I would definitely put this in the recommendations for movies uh, to check out if you haven't seen yet. I thought it was really, really well yeah. done. Definitely one of the better DC animated movies. Um, it's going to be up there as probably in my top 10 or I don't know if it'll be top five just yet, but it's going to be up there when I think about some of my all time favorites. It was just really, really good. I am renting it right now. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Are you familiar with the comic much at all? No. I I mean, I know it's... it's yeah, uh, you know of it. You just haven't yeah. read it. It's the same boat as me. Yeah. I know the basics of it. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll really like this one, Dave. And it is rented. Okay. So I know what I... So I guess you guys know what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> after this. <laughs> and I'll look forward to hearing what you think of it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so that's it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it for this one. Wow, that was not much. Uh, went through Ewan McGregor's uh, t- <laughs> filmography. <laughs> I almost said discography. He might have uh, that too. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talk about a bunch of television shows, uh, movies, comics, and the Three Jokers. So, uh, still, there is some stuff to be positive about, right, Tim? Yeah. Always got to look for the positive and things. So right. hopefully this will be some stuff to keep you guys busy and that you were looking forward to pass the time. So hopefully we gave you some new options to check out. Yeah. Um, so like we say, oh, first we got to say everything else. For, <laughs> um, Don't get too far ahead. Yeah. Uh, go to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. I will say it. Thank you, Dan. We just had 311 days, so I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, and my Twitter handle is at Dane Says Banana. 
uh, rating reviews on iTunes. You can email the show at badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And, um, oh, the show's Twitter handle is at Batman's Podcast. So, like we say at the end of every single show, episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you was all of our bat in quarantine hearts. <laughs> of course. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, well, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll get through this together. And wash your hands. Yes. Make your hands look like Palpatine's hands. If you could take anything away from this episode, it's that. Wash your hands until they look like Palpatine's. <laughs> <laughs>